This episode is brought to you by Major Spoilers VIP members. VIP stands for very important people, and their small monthly contributions ensure that this podcast remains free for all of you. If you would like to become a bronze, silver, or gold VIP member, go to members.majorspoilers.com for more information. I sure do thank you for your support. Now, here's your show. Mark the Chicken didn't win, but we're here. This week on Dueling Review, we review Invincible, number 128, written by Robert Kirkman with art by Corey Walker. Alan the alien is under attack. Has Mark's absence put his friends and family in danger? Will he be able to put things right before it's too late? And what about Naomi? So, Matthew, catch me up on what's been going on in Invincible. Mark's been away for five years. Yes, essentially, Mark left Earth... Uh, after Robot took over the world, you remember that part? Yeah, Rex the Robot took over, and actually, things got kind of uh, better in his control. Well, yeah, I mean, the totalitarian regime with absolutely nobody fighting against him, it it seems to work. It's and just like what's going to happen when Trump wins the White House. <sighs> Mark went out <laughs> into space. Yeah, he and, and his wife Eve and their baby. Right, and Mark accidentally stepped into some sort of time vortex where an alien creature gave him a chance to go back in time, change the world. He went back in time, he tried to change the world, he realized that if he tried to make things better in the past and save people, he would be giving up Eve and his daughter. So he said, no, I'm not going to do that. The alien creature said, what, are you a jerk? He said, yes, I'm apparently a jerk. It sent him back, but he arrived five years, five years after he left. You know, like Buck Rogers, 500 years yeah, into the future. Five years, not quite 500, but uh, yeah. yeah. Kind of so in the process, he's missed his daughter growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also found out last issue that Eve, it's, well, you know, it's been five years, Mark. A woman has needs. It's what happens when you're too busy. Yep. Well, not so much busy as lost in time, space, and dimension, but still. Well, maybe Eve got busy. Oh, it's a good call. Terrible pun, but a good call. Yeah. So this issue is really all about Mark feeling mopey Mm. about the fact that his wife's been with someone else. We don't Mm. know who or what, Mm -hmm. um, but he's trying to get over it and he seems fairly accepting of it. Although every time he opens his mouth, Eve just like totally goes off on him. Yes. He actually tries to tell her at one point that yes, he's hurt by it, but he understands and he was gone for a long time and blah, blah, blah. But there's a lot of bonding with the daughter. Yeah, there's some is, good good stuff in here. Tara. Yeah, Tara. There's some really nice stuff in here. There's a very confusing bit with Tara's uh, automatic robot teacher. Mm-hmm. That thing's going to murder somebody. You think? I am putting, I'm putting money down right now. That, mur- that robot is going to turn into a murder robot at some point. And kill Tara? I don't think it's going to kill Tara because Tara is... Well, her mother is the world's most powerful telekinetic, and her father is a Viltramite. So it may try to kill Terra and somehow trigger her amazing godlike powers, you know. Maybe. She is uh, afraid of flying high and fast. Well, yeah, she's five. Yeah, come on. That's fun she stuff. Doesn't fly. She doesn't want to fly. She may not be a roller coaster girl. You know, not every kid is. Well, they should be. Um, well, so we've got that going on, and, and really the interactions with. Uh, Mark and his daughter and Mm -hmm. Eve as they're trying to reconcile and try to readjust to everyone and everyone being in their life. 
does take up quite a bit of the issue. That being said, we've covered quite a bit of the issue uh, in that short amount of time. Yes, there. This is the thing about invincible plotting. Invincible tends to have. Well, it's. I mean, it's a Kirkman thing. It's what we say about Walking Dead. You'll have well, issue actually, after issue. I was going to say the big difference is the Walking Dead. You have issue after issue of nothing happening. <laughs> At least in every issue of Invincible, something is happening. Something gets punched. But yeah, from a comic book standpoint, it's very similar. Where you have issue after issue of various plot lines simmering. It's like a Marvel comic from the seventies in the best ways and the worst ways. And this issue is really all about simmering up some plot lines. I actually have a theory that we probably don't want to go into just yet about what's going on here. But we have a lot of bits and pieces. We have Alan the alien trying to stave off a, a coup attempt. Yeah. We have something weird going on with Thrag and his uh, population of Viltrumites. And then we have Mark trying to deal with you know his family and having been gone. And of course... Mm -hmm. There's that big surprising last page where we find out what Thrag is actually up to. Oh, Thrag. Yeah, he's, he's attacking Earth. Yep. Well, he's, I think the interesting thing with Alan is that, you know, he's been trying to combat Thrag and his Viltrumite um, presence, mm -hmm. but he can't get ahead of him. And finally, the head of the council or whatever is like, oh, no, I'm, I'm taking you out, Alan, and I'm using all of your bodyguards to turn against you. Et tu, Brute. And, uh, and, uh. Alan's like, you know, I've just been holding back and he just cleans yeah. the house with all yeah. these guys. I do like that and hate it at the same time because Alan has spent a lot of time being a bureaucrat and people have forgotten that Alan is one of the most powerful beings in the galaxy. But that moment where he's like, oh, don't get me wrong, but I just wanted to hear what you had to say. And now I'm going to kill everybody and I'm going to come kill you, too. <laughs> no, actually, he's not going to kill the, the council. He wants her booted off. And right. go through the shame so everyone knows what's going on. And she's like, I will not give you that pleasure. And she pulls out a, I guess it's a girl. I, I think if it's a girl. I think it's uh, a She girl, pulls yeah. out the uh, detonator and blows up half uh, of the building that they're in. So And half of the Allen. But yeah. But he'll recover. He, uh, he, he always does. He rebuilds himself like the Viltrumites do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you think's going on there, Matthew? Uh, Thrag has, has been conquering worlds and trying to distract yes. people, obviously. Earth Thrag is his primary target. Thrag has rebuilt his... He's rebuilt his army by basically duplicating Oliver. You remember Oliver, yeah, so, Omni-Man's yeah. kid. Yeah, basically he's getting it on with one of the insect alien uh, people. With thousands of the insect aliens. Yeah, and that was established, man, a while ago, I want to say. Yeah, right? that's Like been, a couple of years ago. Probably before issue 100. And uh, Oliver, you know, we always used to say that uh, Nolan had a, had a very Freddie Mercury look to him. Oliver, if you've seen Oliver grown up at, or at yeah. this current age... He looks like a young Freddie Mercury. He does. My theory is this. That Freddie Mercury is trying to take over the world? Freddie Mercury is trying to take No. From when it Greece. comes to Invincible, I think what would a normal comic book do? And then I try and invert it. This story has rolled straight out of Mark taking that test, that test of valor and realizing I can't give up my family, Right. Yeah. I believe that we are in the middle of an arc that is actually still part of the test. Mark's first choice, I can't give up my family, screwed up his life. Mark's second choice, I, I'm going to go and live with my family. This Whatever this alien presence is, this fourth dimensional being that he's encountered, is showing him this terrible future where his daughter doesn't know him, his wife's cheating on him, his mm -hmm. alien people are coming to destroy the world. 
and it's going to end up in total destruction and the earth is going to die and then Mark is going to wake up in that cave and he's going to realize, oh my God, I am a hero after all. The interesting thing about that is if you go back, it's I, I can see from a bigger, bigger, bigger arc like that. But mm-hmm. the thing is, when you look at the individual arcs um, with 116, that's issue 116. That's when they left the planet. Right. Uh, then you had a whole uh, you had a couple of other things where they're trying to get settled and everything. And he gets going to the portal. And then there was that five issue series called Reboot. The reboot and those were arc, the yeah. ones where he was sent back into the past and looked at this. Mm-hmm. When we come back with 127. It's like right back into main story. So from an, a, a cover aesthetic standpoint, mm-hmm. it would it would be really shocking if he did wake up and it said, this was the ghost of future past. I think that's going to happen. And the reason I think that is because Kirkman enjoys doing the thing mm-hmm. that he, and basically in a lot of ways, this is a Bronze Age Marvel comic. But we get to that point where when we were reading Marvel comics or Legion of Superheroes or X-Men, where something should have changed the story irrevocably, but couldn't because, you know, shared corporate universe, Bob Kirkman doesn't have that problem. Right. And when they did reboot, he intentionally pitched reboot and would not tell us whether or not reboot was real. He did. I mean, he came in and said, okay, Mark's gone back in time. What do you think? We're starting over from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Is it a reboot or not? Tell us what you think. And everybody went nuts. And then it was clear that it wasn't what it is. Two issues into this arc. I just have a feeling that this is not what we think it is, that there's something else going on. Well, what if, what if it's not, he's still in the cave, but what if he goes back to the cave and he says, oh, great benevolent uh, thingy that was out there. I'm really a hero. Send me back five years. Well, I yeah. can see that, too. I, I honestly think that Mark is still hallucinating. Hmm. And I think that what the, what it's going to be is the entire Corey Walker arc. Yeah. Or the entire Ryan Otley arc, rather. Is mm-hmm. this, this is Otley. Uh, this is Walker. This is Walker. Okay. Yeah. Walker is the original pencil. Yes, he is. The entire arc with the original penciler is going to be tied together. So that five issue reboot and the mm-hmm. six issues or seven issues of whatever this is mm-hmm. are going to be tied together. And I think thematically, if we have the reboot, oh, it's not a reboot. Ha ha. We're in the reality. No, we're not. Uh. And you think just because we're keeping the um, the same artist? Because who was the artist I, on the on the reboot series? Was that that, Otley? Was, that was Walker? Oh, OK. Walker took over uh, the art, and that was that was the gimmick. Was the original artist came back? We went mm-hmm. back in time and relived some of those events. Mm-hmm. And I think that you get out of that, and everybody's like, "Oh gosh, I sure I'm glad that wasn't true, Kirkman." Ha ha, we're back to the regular story. Kirkman is just enough of a of a you know to just tweak your nose and to get to the end of this and go, "Ah ha ha, that didn't happen either." You remember that time when we were in uh, the Crystal Palace of Lolf and we woke up and it was terrible and then we woke up and it was terrible and then we woke up again and it was terrible? Mm, mm-hmm. I'm I, just You're saying. talking about Critical Hit. Critical Hit. One of our other podcasts, the Major Spoilers mm-hmm. Podcast Network. A very, very good show, in fact. But yes, I firmly believe and will believe until disbelieved that these two arcs are related and that part of it is if we've jumped forward five years in time, right? Yeah. Thrag, right. the evil emperor of the remaining Viltrumites, now has a massive planetary army of pre-crisis Kryptonians. Mm-hmm. And while Kirkman does like to play with the status quo, 
I feel like that is too much gun for storytelling purposes, if you know what I mean. That's something that we didn't have the five years build up. We jump forward and the five years are there and something about it just feels thematically imbalanced enough that if we look at the five issue reboot arc where Mark is in the past with his current knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. But he can't fix it. And now he's in his future without any current knowledge and things are still bad. Those two counterpart against each other. We come out of the end of this and we take him back to a point where he can act and stop Thrag before the, well, not all the terrible things, obviously, because Thrag is wearing the uh, corpse of the battle beast as his right, mantle. Right, 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 right. Which is terrible and, and funny and terrible all at once. But yeah, that's just my crazy theory. That's my, uh, you know, one twenty three. Maybe maybe you are. I mean, the reboot was uh, was Ryan Otley doing the art during that run, and then we're back. Mm -hmm. in, now we're back into Corey Walker. Um, yeah. Well, you, I mean, we could still get a reboot out of this. I mean, he could go back and change a bunch of things. Or and you know, if you look, he at may, what, it may it, he may come down to the question of, yeah. you know, what's more important the the right. the good of the many or the good of the one. What Invincible really does best is take a standard comic book question like what happens if a hero turns evil that we've seen a thousand times before mm -hmm. and instead of having invincible rally the troops and beat up robot have people join robot side see robots point support robots thing and then we move forward into this weird new world so i'm not saying that this cannot be the new status quo i just feel like it isn't just yet and i think that kirkman's letters page responses are just non-committal enough that i can i can support this delusion for at least another issue or two. Oh no i th uh this this thing is going to be a six issue run so we're two issues into a six issue arc. I, I think we're two issues into a six issue arc okay yeah because you've got to deal with thrag as the next is in the next issue Mm -hmm. uh, where, and then also, uh, Mark, Eve and Tara take a trip back to earth to visit grandma and grandpa, which you know, mm -hmm. can't, can't, can't end in a, in, in a nice way. No, it'll end in a bloodbath. Yeah. And, um, and so then, Corey Walker, who is drawing this is the original penciler. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, my theory still stands. I get them confused because their art styles are relatively except, similar. Except, except that, um, Ryan Otley uh, yeah. uses a lot more brain matter in 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 his art. Uh, <laughs> he he's a lot more graphic in mm -hmm. in the work that he does. Mm -hmm. uh, Corey Walker and, and and really the two um, uh, Otley's a little bit more squared off in in his style. Where as that, we can yeah. see with uh, Eve in this issue, she's a lot more round than um, she's got a lot more curves than uh, than what we've seen her in the past under under Otley's uh, pin. So well, this is this is five years in the future. Either. Yeah, I know. Uh, but still, um, you know, the art in this is really, really good. And I'm, I'm glad we get to see Corey Walker in this. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, their art is similar. And that's why I think when the switch happened uh, all those years ago in Omnibus 2 or whenever that that happened, it was not noticeable until you get to the graphic fight scenes. And that's when Otley really comes out and just is like. Blood and guts, blood and guts, blood and guts, and uh, and yeah. it's it's somewhat terrifying, but also beautiful at the same time. 
Yeah, so just oceans of blood. Yeah, yeah. So I really dug the the art in this. And who knows? Maybe you are right on this. It would be interesting to see what would happen if he was able to go back in time and change things. If he was able to give up Eve or his daughter in the um, in, in a time jump and a time decision kind of thing, uh, mm-hmm. or if he was able to muster everybody who Rex killed and they're all able to fight off the Viltrumites. Mm, could be. Yeah, or maybe Rex is actually hiding a, a Viltrumite mustache under that uh under that luscious Robots red beard of his. I'm I'm seriously hoping that there's some weakness in the Viltrumite uh, Thraxen Flaxen? Yeah, the Viltrumite well, yeah, Flaxen the, hybrids. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you would have purple people. It would have been brought up a long time ago with Oliver, I would have thought. Well, yeah, but you because know, we've you seen Oliver some. get we've seen Oliver get trashed and he heals. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about because I just I sure I am leery of another just giant invading race of psychos. Yeah, granted, I mean, well, it's the Viltrumites. They they have a they have a mad crush on on Earth for some reason. Uh, they well, they just want to destroy it because it defied them. Yeah, well. Nolan defied them, and now they want to destroy everything that <laughs> Nolan loves, including the Earth. Yeah, and superpowered Abraham Lincoln. Yes, um, I would say if you're jumping on this one, I had a little bit of head scratching going on because it's it has been uh, since the Thrag battle with uh, with um, battle line, beast. Line, yeah Battle Beast. That was the last time. I mean, I've been buying it and and uh, the books, but I haven't had a chance to read. So I sat down, read one twenty eight, and I was like, hmm. This is slightly confusing. I know that there was some time manipulation. I went, went back and read 127, and between that and, and 128, everything is filled in that you need to know. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking about using this as a jumping on point, point I would say jump on at 127 and move mm-hmm. forward. Or if you've been away from Invincible for a while, 127 forward will be uh, yeah. a good enough place to do it. Uh, but I rather enjoyed the book. I thought the art was great. I thought the story was great. Uh, I thought Mark trying to cope and becoming a lot more emotional than what we've seen Mark in the past, uh, I thought was great. So I really enjoyed this issue. I, I give it a thumbs up. I, I, I categ- I'm not categorically disagreeing, but there's something about this issue that just, I don't know. No, it's, it's the second it, issue. It it's, a, it's a second issue and a six issue arc. It leaves me uneasy. So I would definitely, I'd still recommend it. Even the worst ever issue of Invincible is still is better than really any pretty solid issue comics. of DC Comics, blah, blah, blah. That's not true. No, that's what everybody says. That's not true. Any but issue of blah, blah, blah is better than com- DC Comics, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I don't say that. I don't. No, I'm not saying you do. I'm saying you go on and listen to the, the vitriol and the jive that that people spew out of their mouths on the internet. And it's like, even the worst issue of XYZ comic is better than the best issue of a DC comic. <laughs> and that's, that's totally not true. That's why and, we and what's amazing, those people. What's amazing is this week, uh, I try to do this every week, but some weeks I miss. I try to go out on a Thursday and say, hey, everybody on the in the Twitterverse who follows me. Hey, everybody. What were your favorite books that you picked up and read this week? And this week it was DC all the way. This week it was Future Quest was awesome. Uh, The last issue of Superman Wonder Woman was fantastic. And people were just all over the DC this week, the DC love this week. And so, yeah, I don't I don't really agree with people that say the best DC comics are still awful because that's not the case. 
That and I cannot, and I cannot wait till next week when DC Universe Rebirth uh, lands in our face. When we get, I, in a lot of ways, it kind of feels like some group think we get this theory of this, uh, this presentism where whatever is happening right now will continue to happen and has always happened. And we have people who are like, the new 52 has been a disaster from the get-go that's not true no they it's not. have made major missteps but they've also done some incredible stuff oh man grant morrison's uh action comics run was grant fantastic the, the snyder you know 50, 50 issues of snyder and capullo was great even though people may not like uh easter bunny uh jim gordon as batman still mm-hmm. a fantastic run and that's all part of the 50, new 52 both edges of both creative teams on batgirl did some incredible yeah. work the first eight issues of that new Black Canary series mm-hmm. have been just amazing. The, and the fact that we been, have the fact that we have Gotham Academy that's out of the new Fifty Two is fantastic. Yeah. Even going back to the original two thousand eleven new Fifty Two launches of those Fifty Two books, I would say eight of them were awful. Ten of them were something, but six or ten of them were really excellent and mm-hmm. stayed really excellent. Mm-hmm. And I think that. You have to have a realistic approach. You can't, I mean, you can't be the guy who says everything you DC does is perfect. Not that we ever have, <laughs> but more importantly, it's, it's, it's a balancing act. You have to accept that DC puts out good comics, image, dark horse, Marvel put out good comics. I will say this Xenoscope has put out some good yeah, comics. They, they put out, I think every company. Yeah. is capable of putting out really good comics. I think what makes a good comic is this fantastic combination of writer and artist and mm-hmm. a solid story that actually goes somewhere and tells a greater thing other than we punch, we fight, the end, right. the, the good guys win. And, and then they fight. Yeah. And that I think that is one of the things that has kind of been occasionally problematic is here is this big giant event comic with a lenticular cover. Why do I care? That is an issue for me. But event comics are more than DC issues. They're more than Marvel issues. I mean, issues in terms of the books themselves, but issues in terms of problems with the storytelling. And you'll see that even in, you know, the smallest of independent companies still want to try and feed you the occasional event comic because mm-hmm. event, event comics event, are where the money is. Event comics in. sell, you know, when you try to cross yep. over, I mean, that's, that's a ploy. I, th- I think, I mean, we have talked that we're seeing a lot more of the uh, variant cover craziness that was going on in the 90s. And I think that yeah. some some companies, well, really all the companies, because all the companies are, are doing variant covers. Yep. I think they're all following in, in that ploy. And I think what they really need to do is figure out how to sell comics without a gimmick. I mean, you can you can sell comics without a gimmick. And I've talked at length about this for years and I think if people just sit down and say, maybe we should stop advertising our comic books inside of our comic books. <laughs> right. Because that is, if that is yeah, part of it, or, you know, and even and, even if it's something where we're not only advertising our comics just inside right. our comics. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the social media certainly has helped. But when you're talking about any comic book publisher, the people that are following your social media are probably the fans of your work. I don't know too many people. I mean, maybe there's, maybe I'm totally misjudging this, but I don't follow anybody that I, that I don't like. Right. I mean, so people who are following DC are probably fans of DC 
or mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not super fans, but maybe they have some critique and criticism. Um, so I think that advertising on your social media is somewhat problematic. Mm-hmm. What DC does and what uh, uh, Marvel does well is they work with Entertainment Weekly, which used to be owned by Time Warner. Right. Uh, and they're getting a lot of the scoops in the USA Today's and the and the uh, Entertainment Weekly stuff, mm-hmm. which reaches a much broader audience than just people who are uh, uh, fans of a particular publisher. So I think that that's right. But uh, oftentimes those stories come out and I think people read them and they're like, yeah, OK, well, where do I buy a comic book? And really mm-hmm. these stories, when they work with Entertainment Weekly or when they work with um, uh, USA Today, the publisher should take it upon themselves and buy a ad at the end of that article. That is the comic book locator ad. Yep. And that would and help out tremendously. Part of the or thing ha- is or always let comiXology know ahead of time and let comiXology buy an ad. Right. The question is oftentimes resaleability and not in terms of once you have the book selling it again, it's I found this comic that I want to read but I have to come back in 30 days, in right. 30 days, in 30 days. And that is getting people into those stores, getting people access to those comics, letting them know that the comics exist. That's half the battle. Letting them know that the comics exist every month, how to order them and make the system less of a self-fulfilling tripping over hurdles prophecy. Also a good idea. Yeah. Because it's it, really it, difficult to pre-order comics Three months in advance, going through the catalog. Right, without knowing what's going on. Right. I haven't read a previews catalog in over a year. And it's honestly been kind of fun. It's kind of awesome. Because I get surprised by things now that I didn't necessarily when I was a regular previews reader. But it also means that I get surprised by things that oh, I sure. did you know? Sure, sure, sure. I, I, I couldn't I find a physical copy of Future Quest. I wonder... How many, and this is maybe for our retailers out there. If you're a retailer and listening, first of all, thank you. Uh, Second of all, if you are a retailer out there, uh, please write to me, podcast at majorspoilers.com, because I would like to know if you have a mailing list set up for people who come into your store. And I know asking people to sign up for an email list is somewhat pushy. It's like, oh, you're a new customer here. You haven't been here before. Would you like to sign up for our email list? When When you pitch it like that, a lot of times it's just like, uh, I don't want to be on somebody's junky email list where you're going to flood me with stuff. But if right. you can provide some value to your email list, like, hey, each week we're going to send out a staff picks that lets you know right. what's going on. That's kind of what we do right now with our major spoilers email list. We're going to mm-hmm. send you out a staff picks to let you know what we're recommending this week uh, so that when you go to the store, you've kind of got a printout ready to go. You could use your email list to alert people of things that they're interested in. Depending on your email list, I'm sure that if someone said, hey, I'm buying this Afterlife with Archie book. Alert me the next time that there's an Afterlife with Archie book on the shelf so I know where, where to get it or right. when to come down to the store and get it instead of coming in two weeks later and going, is that new right. Afterlife with Archie here? No, it's a couple more weeks. Oh, that okay. way you'll you'll get your email every year. Yeah, so. so I would I would be curious. <laughs> I would be curious how many retailers out there are using an email list. Now, I know that my guy in Salina uses an email list to basically say, it's a it's a pull list email list that basically says, hey, this week we're meeting here to give out comics mm-hmm. and then we're going to go eat here. If you guys want to hang out with us and here are the books that I've pulled so for it's you like this a, week. A floating crap game. Uh, kind of comics. because he doesn't have a physical store. They actually uh, meet somewhere each Saturday to hand out books to people. 
Uh, and so usually wow. a lot of the times it's everybody goes to a restaurant and they all eat together at like an Olive Garden or something. Or uh, and then afterwards, if there's a movie like this weekend is, uh, I guess, no movie this weekend, but next week would be like Apocalypse, X-Men Apocalypse. So they'll all say, hey, we're all going to go to X-Men Apocalypse afterwards. If you want to join us for that, it's the 730 show, blah, 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 blah. And then he gives you a list of here are the books that I've pulled for you this week. And by the way, your orders for May are due Sunday. Yeah, that's, and so that's that what I get. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty good, but he doesn't have a store where people can wander in off the street and go, "Hey, man, I heard that there's this new DC Rebirth thing going on. It's right. the first time I want to get back into this." Where he can say, "Yes, here's a copy right here," and oh, by the way, this book comes out biweekly or monthly, however they're going to run this. Mm-hmm. How about this? You sign up to my email list. I'm not going to flood you with with junk mail, right. but I will let you know when books are coming out, what books are coming out so you can make a choice. And I'm not going to give you the entire previews catalog, although many people that create a uh, subscription service at their store will give you a free previews catalog if you sign up as a member. Right. Um, But I will let you know if you are into this Rebirth, I will let you know what's going on with Rebirth and other comics in this Rebirth line if you're interested. And if you have any questions, you can always hit reply and ask me and you don't have to even come down to the store. I like that. That's, so I don't that, know. I, I think that might. I think that might help a little bit. That certainly wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Or you could listen to shows like Dueling Reviews, where we talk about comics that are coming out next week, including Dark Horse Comics's Aliens Defiance Number Two, Grew Friends and Fro- Foes Trade Paperback. That's Volume Three comes out next week. Lobster Johnson's Johnson Metal Monsters of Midtown Number One. Rodrigo Lopez reviewed that on this week's Major Spoilers podcast. That is issue six seventy eight. I want to say six seventy seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go check that out over at MajorSpoilers.com. Over at DC Comics, we have Batgirl 52. You got, you remember a conversation we had when 52 was first launching, and I said, hey, what if this was a stunt and they were only going to do 52 issues? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I hate it when you do that. Cyborg number 11. Just look on your – that's it. That's Cyborg number 11 comes out <laughs> next week. Uh, Flash 52 also arrives next week. And the big book that's coming out next week, DC Universe Rebirth number one. That's a $2.99 book. Remember, DC is going back to their holding the line at $2.99 for their DC Comics books. Uh, that being said, Art Ops number eight is a $3.99 book. Hold the line. And so is Scooby. Oh, you know, Scooby-Doo Apocalypse number one also comes out next week. That's a $3.99 book. Oh. And, uh, and uh, Howard Porter who's been following us for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's like super nervous about our review of uh, Scooby, Apocalypse. Scooby Apocalypse because he's the artist on it. And a lot oh. of people have been taking the book to task mainly because of the Jim Lee cover uh-huh. and the ridiculousness of Scooby-Doo in a post-apocalyptic world. And he's like, man, I'm really, re- I'm really worried about your review. And uh, he was nice enough today. I said, well, I've heard good things about it. He was nice yep. enough today to say, hey, I want to send you a copy as quickly as I can, I've got a physical copy. I would like to send it to you. And I was like, okay, fine, please send it to me. And, and I will read it and uh, we'll discuss it. So I cannot wait to see what happens with Scooby apocalypse. Number one, beyond the Jim Lee crazy cover art, this could actually be a fun book in the same vein as afterlife with Archie, where people are like Archie Riverdale and zombies. Oh, come on. And it's actually a freaking fantastic book. Yeah. I, I really hope that it's wonderful. Partly because I think a, a new, 
Scooby-Doo iteration is well overdue. And mm-hmm. secondly, there are a lot of people who have been bad-mouthing this concept, and I kind of want to see a little neener neener from DC. <laughs> well, Superman 52 Final Days comes out next week. I believe that is the last issue. This is the one that I've been talking about all this time is, what happened after Convergence? Why isn't why isn't Convergence Superman meeting with New 52 Superman? And in the last they totally two are, issues, they dude. totally are and teaming up. So there you go. Uh, teen t- nice. Just in time for the universe to rebirth, rebirth itself. Uh, wow. Teen Titans number seven or 20. I'm sorry, not number 70. Uh, this one, I believe, also ties into Rebirth, even though it doesn't have mm-hmm. a Rebirth name on it. And then uh, We Are Robin number 12 comes out next week. IDW Publishing has Back to the Future number, uh, what is that, eight? Yes. Dirk Gently and a yes. Spoon Too Short number four. Ghostbusters International number five. Skylander Secret Agent Secrets hardcover. That's a $12.99 book. Transformers 53 and X-Files uh, 2016. I guess it's that, what is that, season? They don't, they don't really go for seasons, but they're going for years. But it's yeah. X-Files 2016 number two. Image Comics has Aloha Hawaiian Dick number two. We reviewed the first issue of that a couple of weeks ago on the Major Spoilers podcast. Dream Police number 10. They live inside of your head. Yes. Uh, East of West number 26. Invincible 127 is getting a second printing. So again, if you... Um, Want to really understand 128? Here's 127 that you can go back and and pick up that uh, second uh, printing. Sex number 28, that's a mature reader's book. Tokyo Ghost number seven, also a mature reader's book. Uh, Those are some of the books coming out from Image Comics. Over at Marvel, we have Amazing Spider-Man 1.5. Spider-Man. Captain America, Steve Rogers number one. This is kicking off the 75th anniversary of Captain America. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carnage number eight, Civil War two number zero. That's a second printing variant that comes out. That's a five dollar book for a uh, zero issue. Ouchie. Daredevil number seven, Drax number seven, Hyperion number three, Mighty Thor number seven, uh, Ms. Marvel number seven, Nighthawk number one, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, they're releasing the entire Spider-Man Deadpool run in reprints. Dead spiders. So the first one is getting a fifth reprint, second one's getting a fourth reprint, and so on and so forth. And the fifth issue is the new one. That's a $3.99 cover price on that. Star Wars number 19 and X-Men, Worst X-Man Ever, number four. All coming out next week, Matthew. We've been nice. talking about it. Afterlife with Archie number nine returns. Yes. Cannot wait to see what happens with that. Matthew already reviewed Sabrina, the chilling adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch over at Major Spoilers this week. Holy moly, that's a beautiful book. Yeah. My God. Has she come out of the, uh, I'm, I married a Cthulhu? No, or that was she's still afterlife. married to Cthulhu? Oh, okay. This is actually a separate continuity. This is set in 1965 mm. with uh, a different take on Sabrina, a, a very much a kind of a yeah. well, the Anton cover. LaVey kind of take well, isn't, on. Isn't the cover for this one um, Eerie Comics or a Creepy Comics uh, homage? Yeah. And in this issue, and I don't want to spoil or anything, but we meet two new witches Uh-oh. from a nearby town called Riverdale. Uh-oh. One of them's a brunette. One of them's a blonde. How about that? Mm. Cheryl Blossom and her brother. No, you're thinking of Afterlife again. <laughs> and also, they're both ginger. Oh, okay. Uh, Disney's Darkwing Duck number two arrives. Doctor Who, the 10th Doctor, Let's... year two, number 10. It's such a Did long... You... I wish Titan Comics would uh, shorten this down. Yes, I did see the big news. If you did not see the big news, I'm super excited about this because Titan Comics is finally getting around to doing a third Doctor series. Yes. uh, That is coming out, I want to say, in August. August 31st, I want to say, is when that issue lands. Was it August or was it July? Let's see. Uh, August 31st is when this issue arrives. Uh, Doctor Who, the third Doctor number one. 
The most interesting thing about this is it's being written by Paul Cornell, who's right. had a fantastic run on his um, um, The Four Doctors uh, series that we did last year yep. uh, during that weekly, uh, that once a week issue thing. He is not a super fan of Third Doctor stuff, and he specifically has gone online and in books and in other places where he decimates um, the de- the demons episode oh. where he just hates, hates, hates that. And that's one of my favorite uh, episodes of Doctor Who is the demons. And a lot of people also love that one as well. But Paul Cornell just has eviscerated that online in years past. So wow. what happens when a hater takes on the third doctor? I don't want to say he's a hater of the third doctor, but he's certainly a hater of that episode. It will be interesting. So when something enormous and extraterrestrial crashes into Bedfordshire, the doctor, Bedford. Joe Grant, and the forces of unit under Brigadier Leth, uh, Lethbridge Stewart mobilizes immediately to investigate and find themselves in the middle of a pitched battle against a terrifying invader. But the shocking face that awaits the shocking face that awaits their return to base may tip the whole world off its axis. Oh, I just I and what's really shocking is I mean I know what the Third Doctor looks like. Mm-hmm. I know what John Pertwee looks like. Mm-hmm. But when you watch Gotham, it's like. Man, if they ever wanted to bring the, the freaking third doctor into the modern series. And his son has his said he would be son. interested. His son said he would be interested in playing a, a doctor, not necessarily his father's doctor. But those two are such a spitting image of one another. You could yes. do him as the third doctor and people wouldn't even blink twice. He can actually do an amazing rendition of his father's voice because he has voiced his father's doctor. Oh, in the audiobooks uh, In audio plays. Yeah. Oh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yep. Uh, if you're a fan of Goldie Vance, and I know a lot of people were because Goldie Vance is going into a second printing, that arrives next week. We talked about uh, Zenoscope Entertainment, um, Grimm's Fairy Tales Robin Hood Annual Number 1 uh, mm-hmm. arrives next week, as does Grimm's Fairy Tales Satan's Hollow Number 3. Satan! Uh, let's see. Johnny Red Number 7 arrives. He fought all the way. He did. Johnny Red. Mm-hmm. Johnny Red. Uh, Munchkin Number 17. Puppet Master number 15, if you're into some horror stuff. And if you're into wanting to get your face on comics, uh, go check out the publisher. This is uh, Action Lab Entertainment's Danger Zone. They're running a contest where they will take your likeness and and have one of the uh, puppet uh, puppets kill you on the cover. Danger Zone! Rick and Morty yeah. number 14 arrives next week, as does Self Storage number 5. Shaft, Imitation of Life number 4. That's a mature reader's book, and it's actually a very good series, so... I would suggest checking that out. Uh, Strayer, that's what it says. Strayer number four. Uh, Tomboy number five. Hmm. Ultra Cat number one. And hey, we an have uh, we have the Zombie Tramp ongoing number 23. He's a swinging Ultra Cat in the city of Neapolis. Yeah. All right. So those are just some of the books coming out next week from, major, uh, from uh, your <laughs> favorite publishers. If you want to see the... If you want to see the complete list, head over to Majorspoilers.com on Monday afternoons. That's when we post the full list of comics that are for sure coming out that week. Of course, you should always check with your local comic shop to see if anything gets shorted at your local store. Next week on Dueling Review. Captain America, Steve Rogers, number one, written by Nick Spencer, art by Jesus Saiz. He's back. The original Sentinel of Liberty returns with a new shield, a new team, and a new mission. And he's not the only one who's back. Like the saying goes, cut off one limb, two more will take its place. Hell Hydra. 
Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. You can show your support for this show and everything that we do at Major Spoilers by becoming a very important person at members.majorspoilers.com. Your contribution allows us to keep this show going, pay for our growing costs, and gives us the motivation to produce content for you. Plus, when you sign up, the show keeps going, plus you get some extra content over there at members.majorspoilers.com. Thank you so much for checking out Dueling Review this week, and we will talk with you next time when you will hear Matthew say... Give me a steak, medium rare. This podcast is copyright 2016 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.